Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air yeah. And the screams from everywhere yeah. I'm addicted to the truth It's a dangerous Stop. love affair Can't be scared when it goes down Got a problem, tell me Stop. now Only thing that's on my mind Is who around this town tonight hey, Welcome to another Formula Out Sports We're Cam from the ATL We got Samarch Kadir out in L.A. And we got Alex in the studio. I'm in the home office, which is at home. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, I, you know what? I got I got lost uh, track of time, man. I've been I've been off balance for about two three weeks now. All that uh, drink. So welcome, welcome to the show, guys. Thank as you. always. Good morning, fellas. I, I don't know if Ken can hear me. Alex, you guys there? Yes, sir. I'm here. I'm here. Oh, okay. Good morning. Good that, morning. You're off balance. All that drinking, huh? <laughs> no, man. You know what? I don't even drink no more. I cut that out. <clears throat> yeah. If I, if I drink anything, it might be wine, uh, some red wine. I don't even drink anymore. It's crazy. Um, okay. But yeah, well, I'm back. I'm back in business now. Uh, yeah, we was looking for you guys. Last I heard it was a great show last hey, week. I still ain't got my props. Hey, Samaj. Yeah. I still ain't got my still props, bro. You know that, right? <laughs> for calling that good game. A good series. Did I call that series what? perfectly or what? You know Kwame ain't going to give you your props on that. I just said it. it was a great show. Uh, uh, hey, yeah. he loves calling somebody say they're going to be wrong. You're trying to talk it over me. You can't hear me. But when I call it, it a great show, we, said well, we had a lot to right talk about today, man. We want to talk about some uh, <laughs> some top 100 NFL guys. I don't, We got some discrepancies with that. I know Ken does. Yeah. And uh, we got the draft coming up in uh, two days, which is Thursday, NBA draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got the... Uh, Labor uh, disputes with the uh, NFL right now. Ninety-eight days going strong, mm-hmm. um, if you can call it that. But the deal with that man is um, the deal with that is twenty-four of the twenty-four of the thirty-two guys, seventy-five percent of them, have to agree on uh, the new collective bargain agreement, which Roger Goodell hasn't shown today. And that should happen today in uh, Chicago. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, if that happens today, then. There's a lot of key components, which means the owners have to agree with it so we can move forward. If not, it'll be three to four weeks before we can even get that done. And if it doesn't get done then, you're going to miss it. The preseason, I don't think preseason is going to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys follow much of that uh, with the NFL, oh, yeah. uh, CBA. But that's where we are right now with that. And I know the NFL alumni is trying to get uh, more benefits for the uh, retired players, the alumni players, so many organizations out there. You got retired players and you got alumni players. Which, what is the difference? But there's so many entities out there, and and owners, and owners know that. So when we can come together with uh, one big group, either way, they still have to take care of that business. So what the alumni wants to do is bring more money to the uh, 
on the back end of it for retirement, for your pension, uh, for your for your spouses, uh, retired spouses. Uh, there's a lot of things coming to play while they're doing the stuff for the NFL PA. Uh, we've got to make sure they don't forget about the NFL alumni. Guys who laid the uh, foreground for what the lead and how sex- successful the lead is right now. Um, you guys been paying attention to that? Oh, yeah. Any of it? Yeah. Yeah, we got the. Uh, yeah, I want to talk about this rookie calorie, uh, the salary cap they got with that. Yeah, because it looked like uh, your boy Cam Newton ain't going to be able to get paid. Well, you know what? It, it, I, I, was, uh, I believe if you can get your money, get your money. Um, because the owners have enough of it. It is their business. We can look at it that way. Uh, if we had the other guy, you know, he would contradict us about that. It's their business. Uh, he think guys don't save their money, but he don't know. Cam Newton not getting paid. Cam Newton should play under a, a rookie salary cap. Cam Newton having made one play in the National Football League. What he did was in college, um, and, and I think he should have got paid in college. We talked about the, the outside stuff that went on with that, uh, with these underground agents uh, negotiating on his behalf to go to this school, go to that school. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with that because he generates so much money for that program. Mm-hmm. Generates much, so much money that you could say he got an education, but it don't always balance out to the same thing where you can make millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Cam Newton, I would get paid, but I think he should play under a rookie salary cap. This guy's in the lead right now for seven years. Cam Newton come in, never had to work in his life with a $50 million guaranteed. Mm-hmm. But you got to look at, they don't want any more bus coming around, and you know who we talking about, that kid up in Oakland, Jamarcus Russell. Yeah. They don't want Jamarcus nobody coming here making $30, $40, 50000000 million a year, uh, and then all of a sudden they get a guaranteed contract for that much, and, and they turn out to be a bus. A Ryan Leaf, uh, Jamarcus Russell, uh, you know I mean, so many first-round picks, they got all this money, they just robbed the NFL. And that's money right there that could have went to help retired players like a Dave Doris and uh, yeah. or, or the kid in Buffalo who who was paralyzed or the the, the, uh, the other guy over in New York Jets, the Philadelphia Eagles tight end. There's so many players who's 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 uh, can't even walk right now. Uh, that could I've that seen money. some of, uh, and, and and you was mentioning Ken. I've seen some of our when we was growing up. We watched these guys like Errol Campbell, mm-hmm. Dan Ditto. We mm-hmm. watched guys like this. Walter Payton is now gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, who knows what what happened with that situation? Because we take a lot of aspirin to to even make it through practice. We take a lot of aspirin to make it through games. So when that stuff gets in your body and tear up your your liver and your kidneys, uh, it's down here from that. But at the same time, you go out there week in and week out, never missing a game to make the lead what it is. Uh, you can you can take the attitude or the stance that going in, you know the consequences. Well, a lot, of a lot of them don't. It's easy to say that after the fact. A lot of them don't know the consequences. Football was a game. It was, when we grew up, this thing was fun. We, we was out there having fun. We didn't expect this, but then we saw injuries when you get to the next level, which may be high school, next level may be college, the next level may be professionally. Uh, but you know those consequences going in, but that doesn't, make it, that, that doesn't make it right, in my opinion, because owners never get touched. And it's, that's why they have a draft every year, because they're looking for the next thing. They can draft you this year. They're looking for somebody to replace you already next year. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. So they, they really need to get this uh, CBA done. Uh, they're meeting today in Chicago. It's 98 days into the labor talks. Um, 
the best thing about this is they kept the lawyers out of it. Mm-hmm. Lawyers don't get to shine until they go to court, so they're keeping it out of the courts right now. And hopefully they can get it done. There's a lot of owners that that uh, have to look at the CBA that haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. They've been uh, hearing about it through conference call, but, you know, this is business. You're talking about billions of dollars, and then there's $700 million in, in preseason money that I don't think they want to miss. So yeah, and we we'll keep, uh, we'll keep our eyes on that, and then um, bring it up to uh, bring it up to the forefront again. Yeah. Now we had a top 100. We had a top 100 players of 2011. Can you have some discrepancies with some of this? Oh, we got some big time discrepancies. But you know, anytime you put it into the hands of people who've never played football, never played sports a day in their life, who you know who've always just watched it from the sidelines or on the TV, you know, they always think they know what they're talking about. And yeah. that's one thing about Rick Bleacher that I just totally disagree with him about because he's one of those types. Oh, Rich? Oh, yeah, yeah. Rich, uh, you know, at one point I used to think he just wanted to argue or he was playing devil, devil's advocate. And if he was doing that, playing devil's advocate, that was fine. Um, trying to bring a new, try to see it from different sides. Mm-hmm. But I agree with you. Some people, there, there's, who could be ranked? The NFL guy, NFL player could be ranked. Then it should be by his peers, not with the mm-hmm. fans who are sitting in the air condition telling the guy what he should have done on this play when you don't even know the play. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't even know the play. You think he should have been there. Well, probably he was covering up for somebody else. And, and I'll let you guys weigh in on that. Uh, uh, Kenny, you want to finish, and then Alex? Oh yeah, definitely. Go ahead, Ken. Yeah, I mean, you got to look at one. They got Terrell Owens, uh, number ninety-eight on this list, and. Uh, or, or was it Darren McFadden? Darren McFadden, and they had uh, Terrell Owens like uh, 10 spots ahead of him. How does a player who rushed for over 1,200 yards uh, last year going into this season is, is uh, looking to even eclipse that even more? Who Terrell Owens is on a downswing, who didn't even eclipse, uh, what, seven 800 yards receiving last year, ends up being the, a better player going into 2011 than Darren McFadden. Terrell Owens might not even have a roster spot at this point going into the 2011 season. But Darren McFadden, who coming off his best year, who's, who's probably going to be making uh, the, the Pro Bowl this coming year, how does yeah. this man he, he could easily make the Pro Bowl last year? Owens? Is that the numbers he put up? Now, they got him ranked 98th and got Terrell Owens ranked 91. And I don't know, again, you mentioned the fans, I don't know if they're doing this on a body of work or it should be just a yearly thing. If you vote on the 2011 best players, then that should be just a yearly thing. You you exclude that body of work. You you going off what they do now, mm. what they do this year. And uh, McFadden, yeah, he, I think he 1,200 yards for the Raiders. Raiders haven't done that in a while. Yeah, I mean, this man almost led the league in, in yards per rush. I mean, he, he was uh, – uh, alternate on the Pro Bowl. I mean, this guy is a beast. This guy is coming into his own. He's he's really taking control of that that Raiders three headed monster out there that they have with him and uh, Michael Bush and uh, uh, Justin Fargus. But uh, you know, you talk about expectations is what this whole t- top 100 2011 uh, picks was all about. Expectations going into this season. So if I look at what, you know, expectations going into the season, I'm looking at, okay, let's go about what this guy did in 2010 and what he's looking to eclipse that in 2011. Terrell Owens is on a downswing. This yeah. man might not even be playing in Cincinnati. Terrell Owens, we're talking about, is what, 30, 
37 when he's going to be playing this year? Yeah, he's around that age. Yeah. He was productive in Cincinnati, but... I believe he's only signed, what, a one-year deal. Is he even under contract? No, that was a one-year deal. He's, he's a free agent now. He's a free agent. Alex, you want to weigh in on that? Yeah, I mean, there were two There were two that really struck me as, as ridiculous. One is um, leading rusher in the NFL, Arian Foster, came in at 25. That doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. I mean, he just he he wrecked the league. He wrecked the league for for most of the season. He was unstoppable. He put up put up ridiculous numbers, two hundred yard games. Um, and the other one is uh, Brandon Lloyd, who came in at uh, at fifty eight. He led the he led the league in receiving. I mean, yeah. Granted, um, you have your you have your high end big names, uh, Adrian Peterson. You have Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, guys towards the top. But two guys that led the league in their respective categories. They're not even uh-huh. in the top twenty. I mean, give me a break. I, I just, I, it doesn't, I, I'm reading over this list, and I may as well throw it away. I just don't, I don't agree with most of this stuff. And, and didn't Philip Rivers lead the lead uh, in passing, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, he and, did, and yeah. he's ranked 26 uh-huh. by the well, NFL. Minute, how about the guy that led fans. the league in sacks over the last six years, Jared Allen, at the bottom of the list for all defensive ends? That is ridiculous. <laughs> well, it goes back to what you said, Ken. It's, it goes back to... When you put it in the fans' hands, uh, you're usually going to get those type of results. And, I, I, and I'm one, not, I don't like to say that because you never did the game, never played the game, that you can't have an educated opinion on it or make sense out of it. But when you look at stuff like this, it, it proves us right. Now, I got one more. Um, now, going all the way to the bottom um, is somebody that threw more picks than touchdowns, Donovan McNabb. Is it just because he's still a big name, so he makes the list? They felt bad for him. I don't. I. I, I still don't. Th- I don't think he. He, he warrants any. You know, I don't think he warrants any part of this list from how he played last year. Uh, yeah, and if you if you pulled Donovan on that, he'd probably say the exact same. Right. Thing. Yeah. He had an off year. I mean, it's a new system, and and Mike Shanahan's a. He's a tough guy to play for. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I just don't. I. I don't think he should have made this list. Yeah, I, I don't agree with a lot of things in this list, and it, it was looking down this list. I, I'm, I'm with you guys on this. I don't agree with a lot of it. Uh, we'll take a break and we'll come back. We'll touch a little bit more on this football stuff, but uh, we want to talk about some NBA. So, uh, Samaj, I want to know what's going on with the trades out there. Anything jumping off? You heard anything in L.A.? And we'll come back, talk to NBA, then we'll talk draft. Formula to the sports with Ken from the ATL. we got Alex in the studio, Samaj Kadir in L.A. We'll be back in about two minutes. flagship station for sports voice america sports tired of the same mundane talk radio show boring opinions and people not knowing or telling the truth tune into the sports life with josh and otis this show is brought to you by two men who know the good the bad and the ugly of professional sports josh and otis's experience and careers in the nfl give them access to the inside information and a reason to have a candid opinion tune into the voice america sports channel wednesdays at 2 p.m eastern time 11 a.m pacific the sports life with josh and otis it's more than sports talk it's a way of life 
Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Hey, welcome back to the show. Quarmalizer Sports. We got Ken in the ATL, Samaj in LA, Alex in the studio. Hey, we were talking about some football. We started, talk, we started off talking about the CBA, which definitely needs to get done. And, and like I said, we'll keep our eye on that keep bringing you up to the up to date with that should happen in the next three or four weeks something should happen drastically one way or another uh we also talked about the uh top 100 we'll elaborate on about two or three more minutes on that um but ken ken mentioned that jared allen one of those leading site leaders is at the bottom of the list in this top 100 and uh, you know what i think it really is is Favoritism. This is why the Pro Bowl is so tainted, watered down, because the fans had way too much on their vote with the Pro Bowl. Um, I think the Pro Bowl should weigh in with the peers, coaches, and then the fans. It's more so fans, peers, and then the coaches. Uh, so this is why it's watered down. This is why this top 100 players of 2011 could never make sense. Mm-hmm. And then you wonder why people like Dion, uh, who when they had the top 100 players uh, over the last century, uh, you know, had a problem with the list as well because you got, uh, he said it right, when you got people who's never played the game kind of trying to come up with this list, it's like, who are you asking? Who are you polling? Because if right. you go back, Deion said, if you go back and you poll some of the people I've played with, I would be in the top five of this list. And he's probably right. He's he probably right on that. But, you know, he, he was so flash and flamboyant. Some people just don't like that. That's just who he is and where he's from. You, you, you bring that with you into your game. But, he was all, but what he did on the football field was make plays. Mm-hmm. He made plays just by being on the corner. I remember Deion Sanders went to the Pro Bowl, and I thought this was crazy. He had one interception. But you know why he deserved to go to the Pro Bowl? Because he takes away half of the field. He takes away half the field. Quarterbacks won't even look his way uh, at times. And that's, and that's the respect of the game, what he brings to the game. Uh, domination, he, he, when he lines up in front of receivers, it, it's over. Your quarterbacks don't even think about going to that. Mm-hmm. I listen to our quarterbacks when I play with the Cardinals say, we're going to try to work this side of the field. We're not going to throw the D outside. And I thought that was crazy. Mm-hmm. But he was that good. Mm-hmm. Anytime you got a uh, when you got to center the game around one player on the field, you see we can't throw to that side because he's going to pick him off. We can't punt the ball to this guy because he's going to run it back to the, for a touchdown. Then y'all, you know, when he started playing some receiver, 
you know, he, he got off doing that. When this man is on the field, he is a playmaker. When a, a head coach has to design the game on, based on one person on that team, that's a top player in the NFL right there. Right. That man that controls that much uh, of the game uh, that coaches have to base their whole coaching uh, plan for the game around that person right there, that, that's the top player in the NFL right there to me. So he's right. That he should have been a lot higher than where he was. Easily, man. All of us watched the game. All of us, not just the game, how he impacted the game, what he did. But the, the question was, who are you polling on this? They polling the wrong people. You got to mm-hmm. poll his peers, guys he played with, mm-hmm. guys that coached him, mm-hmm. guys that played against him. Yeah, but you got these people in the, who's sitting in the office who's coming up with these lists that never played the game. But yet they get paid for this. Like this is their job. Like they get paid for actually sitting in the boardroom coming up with this list. Oh, who you think is the best top 100 players going into the 2011? Who you think is the best top 100 players ever played the game? Uh, whoa, let's see. Since I get paid for this, uh, I think I'm going to put this person at the top of the list and this person at the bottom of the list. Yeah, I mean, does this? Does this? What is your credentials? Just because you work for the NFL Network, you, you got credentials to be able to co- say, "Yo, this is the top 100," and everybody else is supposed to follow it. Uh, yeah. No, on the uh, on the other side of that, though, you got to think that the best coaches, just in general, are the ones are the players that don't play in any sport. They're the ones that always sit on the bench and crunch numbers and all this stuff. So I'm sure these guys, even though on the other side of this argument, even though they're sitting in the booth. They get to crunch all these. They didn't just, I don't think they just picked these names out of a hat. I mean, they went through numbers and numbers and numbers to decide who. It's, it's hard to compare different position players, especially in football, because it's a two-sided game. It's all offense, all defense. So it's difficult to put a, a linebacker in front of a quarterback. It, it, they must have crunched numbers and, and had, and had a, a standpoint on this to make it the way they did. I don't think they just came out of this. With you know, the most popular players and but stuff. You know what? It's easy for me to put Lars Taylor in front of a lot of quarterbacks. Even some quarterbacks with Super Bowl rings. Even some Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Lars Taylor changed the game of football. I understand. Changed the game of defense. Now when you look at a linebacker, you, you, you ask, does he have some LT qualities? Can he come off the – you're looking for defensive linemen who can stand up and come off the corner like Lars Taylor. Uh, so I, I hear what you're saying, Alex. Um, but on the same side, other side of that – you look at some guys who changed the game, and the numbers are what they are. So when they do crunch those numbers, I still, at the end of the day, don't know how they got Deion Sanders at 21. I, I agree with that. No, I mean, and a lot, a lot of things in the, in the game of football, you can't attribute to numbers. Like what you said, he takes away half the field. There's no stat for that. There's no right. stat for he only gets thrown to two times a game. You know, I mean, the, 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 again, there's no staff for that. So, so a, lo- a lot of it, a lot of it comes into it. But yeah, I mean, uh, numbers has, but the um, the the little things that they don't have a stat for is is what you're talking about, which I completely understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I can't say it. Can't say it. Yeah, it's like what numbers are they, you they, they, they get their coffee, go to work, and go sit in the office, and they mm-hmm. get paid for this. Yeah, and then think it don't matter to the guy who played the game. Uh, so I can I can see why Deion's so pissed. But in in, in all reality, in in, the, in everybody else's mind that makes sense about it, no, he's in that top ten somewhere. Right. He's and, easily top five. And there's right. every, everybody has, everybody has a list. I mean, right. it's not everybody like has a list. so. It's not it really. It's not really going to be. Oh, uh, he's not going to get in the Hall of Fame because he was twenty first on that list. I mean, it's really not going right. to make that big of a deal in mm. in the long haul. All right. Well, let's 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 move on. Let's y'all want to y'all want. 
Got something else for final notes on that? Well, since we're on football, let's say they just jump into a minute with Ken. I got a quick minute real quick. <laughs> oh, I like that. We can, we can do that now. Oh, okay. Well, I want to talk about uh, our minute with Ken today is going to be with Akeem Jordan, linebacker for the Philadelphia Eagles, who was arrested over the weekend in Virginia. Bouncing around there with Kwame, I guess. I don't know. But uh, yeah, He wasn't in bad news, though, was he? <laughs> but he I might have been arrested over the weekend in a verbal uh, and physical altercation. And, of course, when he shows up, uh, with, when the cop shows up, first thing he says out of his mouth is, uh, do you know who I am? Well, join the club now. There's a long list of NFL football players this offseason who's gotten in trouble, and the first thing they always like to use throughout there is, do you know who I am? Like, your fame and fortune is going to be able to get you out of trouble with the law. This is one of the reasons why we need to hurry up and get this CBA done, because too many players this offseason is getting into trouble. Like we call that. and have nothing to do. We need to get these guys into training camp so they can stay off the streets, stay out of their hometown, getting in trouble, riding around with their boys uh, who's, who's, who don't have their best interest in a hand whatsoever. Keep him out of the bars. Keep him out of the restaurant where this guy was at, hanging out at the bar, getting er- faded earlier in the day, I guess. Too much liquid uh, and, and the heat does not mix. Because as we saw, Akeem Jordan, you're welcome to join our club. Do you know who I am? We'll stay in trouble. And good luck to you. And I hope that the Philadelphia Eagles deal with you accordingly and be suspended the first four games of the year. Because guess what? That's what everybody does when they get in trouble when they join the Do You Know Who I Am club. Well, you know, um, uh, first of all, he's from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, that, Virginia. That, that's a totally different ball game. He, I'll be the first. <laughs> I'll be one of the first to say, man, we breed athletes. We put them out, but we don't have any life skills after that. It's over. Uh, but, but then, where do you? At what point in your life do you get the nerve? Or King, he was a linebacker, right? Yep. So he's always in that gr- aggressive mode. Mm-hmm. But you know you, if you're breaking the law, somebody stop you. Most police officers are protecting you from yourself. They stop you to see if you're okay. And once they find out you got alcohol in you, uh, now, now it's your fault. Now you know you're breaking the law. But don't, I don't say you from, do you know who I am? You're from Harrisburg, Virginia. You went to James Madison University. No, nah, they don't know who you are. <laughs> they don't know who you are. But we have no life skills. Nobody ever teaches, uh, and that's why there should be more programs uh, throughout the league. And, and and we talked about this with Rich, and he disagreed. I'm like, there should be programs mm-hmm. uh, to teach us life skills. Um, I know when I was in the league, they came out at once a year and did life skills situations. Uh, but I don't think that was enough. I think that was that was during preseason where they had where they had to make their their yearly rounds through all the 32 teams. Uh, but the, who I am stuff, man, it, it is getting old, and it's unfortunate for these guys, and he should be dealt with. Mm-hmm. But you get, you're 25 years old, you have a great opportunity to play in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. It's starting to make sense what uh, Ray Lewis was saying. Yep. Watch the crime rate go up. Yep. He, he did say that. And I thought he was talking about the public people mm-hmm. who, who put so much energy into the football season and watch those games. Uh, when he said, watch the crime rate go up, first thing I thought, Hey, he's talking about the NFL players. He's talking about the young guys. He's talking about a, some Akeem Jordan-type guys. And, and it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Alex, you want to weigh in on that? Yeah, I mean, this guy had 26 tackles the whole year. No interceptions, no no fumble recoveries. I mean, it, it's not like he's he's a pro bowler. And even in that sense, I give the NFL credit for that because they don't really uh, discriminate. You're good, you're bad, you play one game, you play the whole season. If you're in trouble, you're in trouble. 
And I, I mean, I, they're called the No Fun League, but you know, I, I think that Roger Goodell's got the toughest job out of any out of any commissioner in any professional sport, and he's acting accordingly. I think he's doing a good job. I mean, and Ray Lewis, I hate to say that he's right, but yeah, he was right. And I think Ken, you were right too, because you said the players uh, were going to get in trouble and not not so much anybody else in the beginning. So yeah, and yeah. You know, and they got to realize that Roger Goodell has been a no nonsense type of commissioner that came hey, to this league so. laying the hammer down. He is coming in laying the smackdown on on players. If he can lay the smackdown on a two time Super Bowl champion uh, Ben Roethlisberger and got him for eight games, but you know levied it down to what four or six games, what you think he's going to do to somebody who? Uh, Team Jordan, you're not even a pro bowler, not even one of the best linebackers on your team. You're yeah. very you're very fortunate, fortunate, blessed to be even playing suited into a Philadelphia Eagles uh, uniform. And now you'll come here with this kind of attitude and this kind of demeanor, uh, embarrassing not just the Eagles organization, but the NFL as a whole. Good luck when you go see the Roger Goodell, when you sit in office, find out what he's he going to get what he deserves. Yep. Yep. You, you, you get those guys. You mentioned guys like Ben Roethlisberger. Well, these guys, they're they the face of the NFL. So you want them out there. And being in the face of the NFL, you got to sell those tickets. you got to market these guys. They put so much marketing into these guys before the season starts that if he's not on the field, then they're wasting millions of dollars. Now, King Jordan, I'm, they're not wasting. They even put him in a playbook, in a game book, game day book, he should be happy about that. Uh, like, like Alex said, look at his stats, look at his numbers. You, you have no reason. You should be concentrating on getting better and better each year. Those are not good numbers. Mm-hmm. And this is why they're getting paid. And they're, I, believe, I believe he's at contract year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's going to be a free agent. His rookie contract, right? Yeah, he'll be the right or the wrong time to, to be a fool to, to get into Do You Know Who I Am Club. <laughs> but I'll I tell you this. We'll come back. We'll take a break. We'll come back and we'll do uh, – We'll talk a little bit of the NBA and then go into the draft, and we probably just go all the way through from that. No commercials on that. Hey, this is Formula Sports. Ken ATL. Got Alex in the studio. Smart Skadir in LA. We'll be back in two minutes. Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. We some hard hitters, we some hard hitters. Hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard Hitting Radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. 
football, and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football, and we'll talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Hey, welcome back to the show. We're going to move right along. We want to get into some NBA, but first, I want to, we need to do a trivia, man. We need to do a giveaway because uh, Energy Force is uh, helping us out with our giveaways and stuff like that. We have good trivias. I do want to put something either right now or on the on the fan page. But go to energyforce.com. The mission is to be a leader in the energy products. Any products they offer, subject to series and strengthening testing procedures. Uh, it's a great band. Like I said, if you go up there, you'll see my testimony about it. I'm always having one on. I know Ken has some. Yeah, I got uh, some. But we'll, we'll have a trivia maybe before the end of the show, or check the fan page. NBA, fellas, what's going on with the Lakers? What's going on with the uh, – and we'll get into the draft as we move on, but the Lakers trying to do a lot of things with Paul Gasol, get rid of mm-hmm. him, but Kevin Love in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it, or maybe that draft pick at the number two spot. You got to mm-hmm. weigh in on that. Yeah, what you hearing out there, Samash? Paul Gasol, he actually really doesn't want to leave the Lakers, but, you know – with his crumbling of, um, you know, he fell under pressure this season uh, with with the Lakers. So I, I'm not, I'm not really sure if he should stay with the Lakers. Do you really think that he helps bind them down low, or should they get the Kevin Love to that's more that's younger um, and have a lot more years to go to help bind them uh, in the tank? Well, you if, know, if I have to choose between Paul Gasol and Bynum. That's a no brainer. He hasn't been healthy in a, in a minute, and he played last year. I thought was his best year. He came in, and then I even saw some attitude in him. Uh, what what, what Powerful Saul can do uh, athletically, I, I, and he is a, he can score. He is a good he is a good number two or number three guy to whomever the superstar is on that team. Um, but if I had to get the choice to get rid of somebody, it would be Bynum. I don't know Ken, the ATL guy. So I mean, a uh, Laker guy. So uh, you so weigh you, in on that, Ken. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm going to have to go with, uh, I got to keep the, the, the younger one. I got to keep the guy who, who's the beast right now, the, the physical, the toughness, uh, the defensive, and to turn around his offensive input. I got to go with Bynum. Paul Gasol, we appreciate everything you've done for us over the last few years. <laughs> yep. You gave us a couple of championships, but, you know, your time is, is really running into the ground. Everybody knows you've probably been one of the, the best, biggest, soft guys in, in the entire <laughs> NBA, and a lot of big guys out there knows how to get to you now, put a little body into you, put a little uh, elbow right into the middle of your chest, and you completely throw you out your game. You get somebody like a Kevin Love, in there, a UCLA grad, of course, uh, who can come, be- come back to L.A., get down in that paint. This is a big guy. You put an elbow into this guy's chest, he's going to look at you smirk and laugh and keep running <laughs> over you, okay? Uh, this guy's a guy who can get, come out there and give you 30 and 40 and, and 20 rebounds easily. He led the league in double, double stop this year. Uh, he was an all-star for the first time. Uh, who, who wouldn't want to take a young Kevin Love, who's, what, a year under – 
Bynum and let these two guys go at it uh, side by side for the next decade, <laughs> you just put the Lakers back into another chance to win a few more championships and continue that great Lakers dynasty. Yeah, I agree. It pull the trigger. I agree. Um, I'm a Laker fan too, so I, I like this topic. Um, so. <laughs> Um, I think that the Lakers should trade uh, Powell. Um, nobody wants to go to Minnesota, so I don't think we should listen to him about that. But um, I think Kevin Love, well, the options are Kevin Love and the number two pick for Powell Gasol. I don't think Minnesota would be smart to do that. I mean, I'd take it. But I think the one that would probably happen is, if it were to happen, is, is uh, Powell for Kevin Love and a couple role players, you know, like Johnny Flynn or Michael Beasley or something. Um, and this is all setting up the big trade for Andrew Bynum and Lamar Odom for Dwight Howard. The Lakers are notoriously great at recycling talent, getting younger, getting younger, getting younger, and I think Dwight Howard and Kevin Love will be, will be the perfect recipe for Kobe's last three years. They could win two more championships, and uh, Kevin Love is, is a Mike Brown player. The reason why LeBron won so many games is because it was him and a bunch of defensive specialists, like Anderson Varejao, and nobody, people didn't score uh, many points, but they played defense, and Kevin Love. Kevin Love is a bruiser, and, and Pau Gasol uh, isn't. And Pau Gasol is not a Mike Brown, a Mike Brown player. Mm-hmm. So is I think that a, I, is that a, a straight up trade, Pau Gasol for Kevin Love? Oh, it could. Gasol no, it, well, it'll be it'll be like Pau Gasol, Pau Gasol, and maybe Lamar Odom. I mean, they might have to throw him in there for you know Kevin Love Ooh. and. And, and a couple guys. I, no, I wouldn't want to do that either. I wouldn't want to you know do that what? either. Trust well, me. Lamar does have some weight because he was last year the best six man in the league. That's exactly. Yeah. I thought it was Jason Terry. Yeah. But he does have some weight, mm. some trade weight, and um, you know he he comes off the bench. I think that's the only guy that could come off the bench that would make sense to put in that trade. Well, I mean, that's they could, a lot you trying to give Minnesota mm. for one guy. Right. And I mean, I, I think they should also keep him so they could get Dwight Howard because Andrew Bynum and Lamar Odom for Dwight Howard would be a perfect two-for-one. I mean, you probably have to throw in a draft pick or some cash or something, but that, that would be the one that would be the best of the Lakers, I think. Well, Dwight's going to be a free agent uh, this year. He's not going to sign to Orlando, so I think it would be in the Lakers' best interest to talk with this person. Right, well, especially because Orlando's not going to give him up for free. So if, they're gonna, <laughs> if he's not going to come back, then they're going to they're trade him this year before the trade deadline for sure, if there is, if there is a season. As far as uh, Dwight, um, this guy's a, he's made for TV. He's a showman. Uh, the market is not... Big in Orlando as it is in LA, and he will fit perfectly. But he does have to play this year out. Now he's talking off both sides of his mouth. One minute he's going to give, he's going to play this year, and, and he's talking about leaving. One minute he's going to play this year, he's talking about resigning. Mm. Uh, but you, being a star where you are is one thing. Being a star where you are and having some help and winning championship, totally a different ball game. Right. If, if he goes to LA, then in Kobe three years. They, they may have a legitimate chance to win too, because Kobe gonna be the same guy in three years. He gonna right. you're not gonna stop Kobe. He can reinvent his game to make to score points. He can reinvent his game to get other guys involved. Now you're talking about what Jordan did in his final years. He got other guys involved, and they still won. He still won six championships. Um, but Kobe is gonna reinvent his game, and Dwight Howard going there uh, gives him a great chance, a great chance to uh, to win championships. Because you think about the Miami Heat. They only have two players there. I'm not even counting Bosch. Bosch is a big guy who plays outside too much. And, and, and Ken, you talked about throwing elbows in chest. Throw an elbow in his chest, he's going to fold just like a saw. Yep. Mm. But you know what? I, I really think Minnesota is really going to pull the trigger on this deal because who just came into Minnesota? Ricky Rubio. From where? Yep. 
Spain. Spain. Paul Gasol and Ricky Spain. Rubio has played together plenty of time and uh, plenty of years in the international play yeah, over in Spain. Uh, they need somebody who can uh, speak the language. Uh, that you know, they want to make this guy feel comfortable. This guy was really nervous about coming in. This is a young kid. Everybody keep forgetting. Ricky Rubio is a kid. He's been playing pro basketball since he was 14. That's why one of the reasons why he spent the, he stayed in Spain for the last two years because he he's still a kid. You know, you didn't want to throw this guy into the wolves. Give him a couple of years. Let Paul Gasol come in, mentor him, make him feel comfortable, uh, get him acclimated to you know to the U.S. Because I think. Playing in Minnesota, Ricky Rubio, not being from here, not really, you know, not really know what's going on as far as uh, how everybody feels about Minnesota as far as the NBA. But I think it was just more so just getting this guy comfortable into a setting, so he just won't be out here all alone, feel like he's alone. Paul Gasol is going to be like a, a brother to him, so they got to get Paul Gasol. But you got to throw in equal value. Paul Gasol will be. A great transition for Ricky Rubio coming into the league. Um, the guy can play basketball. Now, with those two guys there, do you bring in a uh, Derrick Williams in the draft? Do you do you move that position? If you got the number two pick, but you won't be that. You won't have it because you you're giving it away for power. Well, it depends. Yeah, it depends on the draft package or the uh, trade got, package. Yeah, it depends on what, what Derrick Williams is. Gone. Top three, he's gone. Oh yeah. Mm. Not three, he's gone. I, yeah. I really believe that. But uh, if you're going to get Paul Gasol, you've got to get him the number one pick on the University of Arizona. Um, let me get you guys' a, a opinion on this. Who's the first guard taken? Uh, the Cavaliers have Kyrie Irving, in my opinion, the freshman out of Duke. Uh, you can talk Brandon Knight or well, it's two freshmen. Mm. But in my opinion, Kyrie Irving playing at, playing at Duke mm. is probably the best fit for Cleveland. Well, they've already went on record and said that that's who they're definitely targeting. So yeah. Kyrie Irving will be the top pick in the entire draft overall. If you really would leave it up to me and say who I think is the best player, uh, point guard, you know, it's, it's Kimball Walker. Yeah. 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 Do, do you take the what could be or what has proven already? Yeah. And Kimball Walker coming out as a junior, mm-hmm. who's won. Had, didn't he win two uh, championships there? No, they won one. No, he won he, one. He won one while he was there. Yeah. But, yeah, but what he did last year, man, single-handedly took over the uh, NCAA's. I, and I agree with you, Ken. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, you, you take a guy who's a junior, who's probably just 23, um, and come out 22, come out and do, that, do what you need him to do for your team, for your organization, and uh, your, your city trying to be rebuilt a Cleveland Cavaliers team, or you take a Kyrie Irving and say, okay, we're going to take two or three years, we will rebuild. But when you take these guys now, you already conceded that we're not ready to rebuild. We're, going, we're ready to win right now. And yeah. I think that's when, Alex, if you look at those moves, they're trying to make what Kyrie Irving and Derek Williams trying to get all of them in one package. No, I agree. I, I mean, the thing, the thing that differentiates Kemba Walker and Kyrie Irving is Kyrie Irving's a true point guard, and Kemba Walker's kind of that you know combo guard. He's only 6'1". He can shoot the lights out. He can get into the paint. But if they, if you want to start a franchise over again, you need a pure point guard. I mean, they already have Baron Davis, who I, I don't even get me started on him. But he's more of a combo guard. Also, he gets a lot of assists. But I mean, Kyrie Irving shot 52% from the field, 90% from the line, 46% from three. He only played 11 games, but he came into the biggest stage maybe in college basketball and produced before he got hurt. I mean, and Kemba's, you know, he's more seasoned. Yes, he averaged 23 a game. But, again, he's a combo guard. He's an undersized combo guard. And I don't think you can start a franchise with that. So that's why I think they're going Kyrie Irving. 
Yeah, well, Kimball puts me in the mindset of Rose out in Chicago who can break people down, who get to the basket. Um, mm-hmm. just, like every lot, just like most people that come into the league, there's a lot of things you got to work on. Like most transitions, you got to work on getting acclimated. These guys have proven that they can play college basketball. Yeah, you know who Kyrie yeah. Irving reminds me of? Another Duke guard that came out as a freshman who got hurt and never played the game again, Jason Williams. This guy reminds me just so much like him. You're going by hype. You only played 11 games. What did you prove? Nothing. Kimball Walker's been around for, what, the last three years, um, who's helped lead this Husky team to, to the uh, college basketball championship, most outstanding player. Just watch this guy on the court, how he just uh, – a general. I mean, it was a couple of games in the tournament that they, they just thought this team was just going to lose. But he pulled them back single-handedly uh, at the last – what, how many last shot, uh, shot uh, wins did he hit? Like two or three? Yeah. And he hit about two uh, final shots in the NCAA uh, finals. Um, the guy that propelled his team to victory uh, throughout the whole ordeal. Mm-hmm. But let me ask you guys about another guard that uh, – and they're making, and we we talked about him during the season, uh, Jimmer Ferret, for that. Mm-hmm. We talked about him. Uh, where, where would you put the, this guy? He's a senior coming out, six three, probably one ninety six seven. Where would you put this guy? I, yeah, I know he came out here, and I'm in Arizona, so he came out here and worked for the uh, Phoenix Suns. Worked out for the Phoenix Suns. I'm not, I'm not sure that's the pick they want to. I'm not sure they need that type of guard right there at um, thirteen. Now I'll put him in Utah. That's where he'll feel comfortable at right there. Uh, you know, he's, he's just a, a, a shooter. He's, he's not a true point guard. Uh, yeah, he's not going to have to play down. point guard. He's going to be a conversion. But, you know, conversion guards don't work. Look at Tyreek Evans up in Sacramento. That's what their problem is right now. What do we do with Tyreek Evans? Do we bring in a, uh, somebody like a Jimmer Fredette and make him a point guard and move, him, move Tyreek Evans over to number two, which is probably – uh, the more logical situation that's going to happen, but uh, moving him to number two. But still, do you bring another conversion over to play number one next to him? Because Sacramento got that number seven pick, and they're targeting Jimmer for that as well. But I don't think two players of the same caliber is not going to really help that team. I don't think he goes uh, that high. I think, it, it, if anything, is is either to the Suns um, or maybe he goes down because what the Suns need is a, is a forward. They don't need any guards right now. They need a, and I'm thinking about the Mark, uh, the Morris brothers that come out of Kansas this year, both juniors. Uh, Jimmy Fredette, he come, he comes out. Um, he goes that high, and more power to him. But Phoenix Suns, maybe. Uh, what you got him at Utah at 12. If if he slips anywhere, it'd be probably to New York. Mm-hmm. It'd be to New York. But when I see him shoot, when I see what he does, he it's he it's another Carmelo Anthony. He's not a season in. Game ready like Carmelo is, but I, I see the same shooting guard. I see the same guard. No, I don't know. I I kind of disagree. Um, he is just like Stephen Curry was. Nobody knew what was going to happen with him. Just crazy offensive talent. Knows the game. Huge IQ. Uh, huge basketball IQ. Can handle the ball. He probably has Stephen Curry outweighed by thirty pounds. He's a buck ninety five, which is ridiculous for somebody that like his size. I mean, he's six two. Um, he can shoot the ball, he knows how to play basketball. And that's the thing that you can't teach. They say he can't play defense, fine. You teach him how to play defense. All these guys... No, no, come- no. defense is a want to. you got to want to play defense. Right, well, well he will. These guys can play defense, and the difference between he and Kevin Carey is Kevin Carey's uh, dad been teaching him since he was born 
from birth, teaching this guy to become an NBA player. Uh, defense is a want to. That's a desire and a passion. Uh, you got to want to do it. How long, how long has Steve Nash played in the league for? He hasn't played defense a day in his life. And you know what teams have been going to? They've been going to run and shoot teams where they up 20 something points. Right, and that's you why know, they were talking about. That's why they were talking about. Um, I really think that if he's still there, Golden State's going to take him because he'd be perfect for Golden State. Unless, unless New York trades up, I would say Golden State or the Suns because he's, he's not, he's not a, um, a set offense kind of player yet. You got him going 11 to Golden State? Yeah, if he's still there, that's where I think he's going to go. I mean, in, uh, front of, uh, in front of uh, Alec Burks. Yeah, well, Alec Burks is a stud also. Nobody talks about him. I went to CU, so I know a little bit about him. He, he got to the line eight times a game in college, which is unheard of. Average 20 a game, you know, 20 and 6. And nobody talks about them because they're not big market anymore because they've been so terrible for so long. Mm-hmm. Well, we've always said here, it don't matter how good you I mean, what school, where you go to school, where you from, you overseas, them numbers don't lie. Uh, no, it's true. The numbers that, don't lie, so you put them on. This guy's 6'6", 193. Now, he got to build his mass, his body size up. Yeah, right. He's a sophomore. I don't see, if, if I'm choosing between those two, and I'm taking, t- taking nothing away from Jimmer, but if I'm choosing between those two, I'm, I like Alex. I'm going to guy who's going to play defense and can score. Obviously. Mm. You know, um, now teams have defensive specialists. You, de- defense isn't as important as it was in the 80s and early 90s. It just, it, it, it's not, it's not um, talked about enough. It's not taught enough. And that's why they have all these defensive-minded coaches that come in. But I don't, like Steph Curry, Steph Curry gets steals, but he's not a lockdown defender. He's never been because no. he's too small. You can't be, I mean, you have maybe five lockdown defenders in the NBA now. You know, I mean, and, and all of them used to be big-time scorers, and then they realized they couldn't get spots, so they learned how to play defense. Like, Ron you know, Artest... I, I, w- I would agree with that, but uh, you still got to have that passion. And I agree, no, I agree. I you agree. You know who's uh, Bowen? Who, who, the guy from... Uh, yeah, Bruce Bowen. Bruce Bowen. That, that was a defensive guy. Yep. He, he went out there with a, knowing that... This is my job to play defense, and you're right. They have defensive coaches out there. They have defensive-minded guys that say, "When that ball is, when we don't have the ball, we playing defense." You change your whole mindset, and that's what it's about. And Bruce Bowen's one of the best at it. Yeah, yeah I agree. I mean, I got to throw a name out there that uh, I'm, this guy just keeps getting overlooked. They consider him like about the fifth best guard in the in the draft. I, <laughs> behind Kimball Walker, I think this guy is probably number two. The most seasoned, ready, ready to win now, proving he can knock down the jumper uh, at the last second. Uh, he, can, he plays defense. He's physical. Uh, he's quick. He can jump. Selvin Mack. Yeah. Selvin Mack. I mean, look what this guy has done over the last two years for Butler. Back-to-back championship games. And has stepped up every time. How can this guy not be uh, considered one of the top ten best players in a draft going in the lottery? I know they got him. They got this guy late first round, going into the second. Um, and it's all it's all on the eye. It's all an eye litmus test. Uh, what this guy? How did he work out? Because we we watched him play, and he's lights out. And what he does for that program at Butler, lights out. And you, you get to those combines, some guys two, don't take well. Two, two, it's, like a, it's like what we, some of us are in school, in class and stuff like that. You know all the work, but when it's time to take that test, you just don't test well. But you know everything you need to know. Uh, Shelvin Mike, out of Butler, outstanding. Should be a lot higher than he is um, as far as where they're going to draft guys, where they're going to draft guards. But he is a point guard, and then... Every team doesn't need a point guard, so that's how he slips down. Not that he's not one of those guys, 
But that's how he slip that slips down. And you talking about UConn, Duke, you talking about Kentucky, you talking about got teams that's always on national T V. Um but Butler Shelvin Mack at Butler has put the numbers up. Mm-hmm. Now I got one for you. Sleeper of the draft, um, Kenneth Fareed of Moorhead State. Um, this guy, nobody, if you don't know basketball, you, you haven't heard of him, I know, I'm sure all you guys have. He's got the league and rebound. Yeah, he's got the hair, yeah. se- 17 and a half a game, 14 and a half boards, two steals, three blocks, 65% from the field. Mm-hmm. Can you say Ben Wallace, anybody? Yeah. I mean, this guy, undersized, but he wants, uh, he'll be the steal of the draft on the defensive end, I yeah. think. Yeah, he definitely will. And Alex, I definitely would agree with you. I was going to mention that as well. This guy is one of those guys that kind of remind me of another Dennis Rodman. He don't care about scoring on offense. This guy <laughs> cares about rebounding and, and defensive blocks, rebounds. That's it. When you got a guy who's passionate on the defensive end, pulling down rebounds and blocking and doesn't care about getting his shot off, those are the kind of guys that stick around this league for a long time and are very successful. That is a coach's dream. Right, and I, and I love to play with those type of guys, man. They, they scrap it. They go out there. They take one for the team, like, like a Bill Lambert. You know, you know you're not there to score. Play defense. And that's what Alex was talking about. You got these defensive-minded coaches. And when you can get a guy like you get that type of guy, a Kenneth Ferry, you get that type of guy, change the whole complex with the five guys on the floor. Yeah, now, I mean, he, the other one that's kind of like him is Kawhi Leonard, who averaged 15.5 and, and 10 boards for SDSU. And he's played in a big, he played the Mountain West. You know, he didn't play in a mid-major, um, even though some would consider Mountain West a mid-major. But um, he's, he's the one that's going to go top 10. And then Freed's not even looked at. He's looked at at the bottom bottom of the first round. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see which one, if, if you play in the bigger conference, if it really uh, translates into you being a better uh, NBA player or not. So, I mean, <laughs> we'll see. We're going to say uh, next year, uh, those prognosticators and so-called <laughs> gurus got it wrong. Because if you, gotta, you take that guy from the South uh, Mountain, Southwest, where, what conference are you from? Who? Who are you just talking about? Uh, Kenneth Reed. No, no, no. We was talking about him. Uh, Kawhi Leonard. Leonard. Kawhi yeah, Leonard. Would you take that guy, um, uh, and when you see him, we'll say everybody that got it wrong about this guy, how he, how he slipped down here, and you talk about uh, Reed, uh, for Reed, we'll find out when these guys so-called draft, um, who's putting their study and doing their homework to getting these guys on certain teams. Um, but most guys you don't hear about in this college or get drafted late uh, in the draft, in this uh, NBA draft, those are the ones that usually shine because now you're getting the extra motivation, extra attitude to go out there and prove you wrong when they're already good. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you, uh, now, what about you talking about Leonard with San Diego State? Yeah, San Diego State. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah, he anchored he got, them. He, he, he's a high draft pick, so he, he'll be fine. And a lot of these underclassmen coming out, mm-hmm. you may have about two seniors coming out and, and maybe three, mm-hmm. three overseas, overseas guys, guys from Lithuania, yeah. Um, yeah. Spain. Yeah, Where, where's our American centers at? <laughs> no American centers. You, they, they're all forwards. They're all 6'9". From 15 feet out, 20 feet out. Uh, it'll be interesting to see... Um, It'll be interesting to see if there are more European uh, draft players, uh, European players drafted. Because if there's a lockout, they can leave those players over in Europe and let them play in their whatever league they've been playing in since they were, you know, 11 years old, and they can play and they, and they they don't have to sit on their hands like the NBA players do because they can't play anywhere if there's a lockout. You can no, barely. You probably, you, they got, uh, not if they got chosen a pick or they can't play. Right, right. Well, they, and they should be able to do that because now you mess with their livelihood and how they 
generate their their, their lifestyle, their money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They Check should be able to go over there and play. Check this out. The top five centers, not even uh, Americans, are going to be drafted in the first round. Enos Cantor from Turkey. Uh, the kid from... Uh, uh, Bismack Bianco, Bianco. Yeah, from Congo. You know, yeah, he's going to be drafted. Uh, Nikola Vuncic from uh, USC. He's another foreigner, though. Uh, Denantis Monte Jonas. Uh, he's going to be drafted. But there's nobody from the U.S. that's going to be drafted until you get all the way down to the bottom of the first round. When you talk about that six eleven kid over in Oakland, uh, Keith Benson, who I think is probably going to be the the best center in this entire draft mm. when it's all over and said and done with because of that experience that he's coming out with. Because he's a senior, the only center that's a senior coming out in the draft. Yeah, well, you talking about centers now? You talking about uh, getting these guys from the Congo? You talking about getting these guys from? Uh, Spain and and, and Lithuania. Yeah. We, 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 but those we guys get finesse. back over there after a few years. Look at your boy Christic. Christic from New Jersey. They He's like, see ya. Back over going back to Russia. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> they punked him going back to Russia. These kids come over yeah. here. They, they you know get uh, they're so big or so long. Yeah, they can shoot a three. But once they start playing American ball over here, they end up leaving, going right back over to Europe. And then you got yeah, because it's physical over here. Well, over I, here I think like it's physical, but then we talk about the centers. Uh, uh, we more finesse right here. We got guys who should be playing center, mm-hmm. trying to shoot twenty foot jumpers. It won't mm-hmm. get down in the paint. Yeah, yeah and one so of them. Yeah, guys grow up watching guys like um, Michael Jordan and and, and want to. They come. We come out dribbling. Mm-hmm. We want to dribble the ball so much. We want to turn around with the jump shot, mm-hmm. but we don't want. We don't want to be five feet away from the rim. We mm-hmm. want to be like. 15, 20 feet away, and it looks better all of a sudden. Even though one of them, uh, that's where I think the centers went. That's why you got to go. That's where to get them. Mm-hmm. And the centers are turning to forwards. Yeah. Have you seen Keith Benson play? This man reminds you so much of Dwight Howard. He's going to be the best center, you know, out of this particular draft. Because guess what? These young uh, European players they bring it over here. Now you got to go back and redevelop and try to play down low. Uh, to try right. to you know the book, do a backup game, how to rebound, how to play defense. Oh, you know what? We got a uh, popping out, jumping a seven. This guy Keith well, Benson, you don't got to teach him that. He already knows. All right, fellas. So we we obviously we running out of time. We run out of time. We got about twenty five seconds. Um, we got to get more time. We got to get another hour or so because well, we can talk about this stuff forever. And then there's more that there's more that need to be said anyway. Um, but appreciate you guys always uh, making the show what it is. We'll be back next week. This is Kwame Lassen Sports. We're Ken from the ATL. We got Alex in the studio. I'll be in the studio next week, uh, I think. Uh, I like this seat, though. Smart, you out in L.A. Smart, you better step it up. <laughs> we'll be back next week, man. Thanks for doing the show. Check out the web fan page for trivia. You might win an energy force bracelet. Yep. Peace. Thanks for tuning in this week. Come back next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.